1: Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shay's Geek Nation. Welcome. Welcome. Yes. Welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. We've got the show's namesake, BJ Shea. Hey now. And running the boards is me, because Joey D's is still on vacation. Oh, that guy, I'm telling you. Yeah, that guy. On today's show, we will get comic book recommendations from Scott over at Comics Dungeon. We will get comic book recommendations from BJ Shea. What? Yeah, yeah, so get your comic books ready. Oh, okay. Uh, We'll also be doing some board game reviews with BJ. What in the heck? Why am I working so much today? I don't know. Can I go home? No, you can't, because we got the Geek Sheet with Vicki B.
2: Yes. Right. Vicky,
1: how can people get a hold of us? Get
2: a hold of us via our website, BJGeekNation.com, because it's going to have all our podcast info and more. 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 BJ Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Face... Or, I already said Facebook. Yeah. How about, how about FaceTube? <laughs> FaceTube. How about iTunes and okay. Radio.com app?
3: I like the FaceTube, and I can't wait to go on YouTime. <laughs> you keep U-time. your FaceTube
1: away from me. Okay, <laughs> all right, before it gets too let's just get right with scott over at comics dungeon to give us his comic book recommendations if you want to get some yourself you can go to comicsdungeon.com or find them on facebook or all the social media and ask your own darn questions but we got them right now scott uh what do you have for us this week
4: yeah you know this week i i read uh a new graphic novel uh published by lion forge uh called midnight radio and, uh, uh, frankly, it caught my, uh, eye because it's like, oh, we haven't talked about a radio industry, uh, graphic novel. And it's like, you know, at least half of this calls, uh, on the radio a <laughs> lot. Uh- <laughs> Good call on that one, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going, okay, well maybe this, this, this might relate, but this is a really interesting, um, uh, story. It's a very stylized, uh, graphic novel, um, uh, four uh, people in San Francisco are listening to the midnight radio, and you know, kind of waxing poetic about their lives. And then uh, the radio broadcast is taken over by somebody who jumps on and kind of pleads to the world to to love up uh, and to love no matter what, and mm. uh, you know, do what needs to be done and uh, be true to yourself. And, and it was uh, – it's uh, the story then progresses following these four people now that they've been kind of, you know, kicked a little bit uh, to, to question and to think about what they're doing. Uh, you know, one, one is an immigrant uh, who uh, was uh, struggling with some legal situations and doing what was right. The police were blackmailing her to do some – Work with a criminal organization to spy on them, Uh, but then she got to know the criminal organization, and uh, so it was uh, kind of an interesting story about, um, you know, what what's the right thing to do. Interesting. Um,
1: And when when you said stylized, what what does that mean when uh, talking about that? Because I'm kind of a layman when it comes to those sort of things. What do you mean when when you say stylized? When I, when I say stylized, it's, it's, it's not what I would call house art. Oh, you know? okay, okay. Uh, ma-
4: not the Marvel style, not the DC style, but it, but it has something that really reflects the artist's identity and what they want to do in the story. It's, it's done in two color, uh, white, and uh, each character gets their own uh, color oh, cool. uh, when their story is forward. So it's, it's, it's actually a really gorgeous book. Um, you know, some heartfelt emotion behind it, Uh, talks about LGBT issues. It talks about, you know, uh, social addiction. One of the characters doesn't talk, but only communicates through Instagram. Um, Wow, uh, interesting. Yeah, some of us who've raised teenagers might be able to relate to some of that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, You know, so uh, all in all, yeah, I just thought, you know, I picked it up on a whim and uh, it really caught me. I just, it, it, I couldn't put it down. I read it straight through Nice. and, uh, you know, felt great about it
1: so that's pretty awesome and uh moving on from that aside from comic book stuff i was kind of interested in getting your take on the summer events uh, across all comic book companies because summer is a lot a lot of times where they'll build up for big things to happen starting in the summer are there some ones out there that are uh, that you're eagerly anticipating
4: yeah um Right right now we're in the middle of the War of the Realms. This is Jason Aaron's big Thor battle. I think we talked about that a few episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, um and so that's that's one that people should definitely check out if they're a Thor fan. Uh, one of the other big announcements from Marvel is that Jonathan Hickman's coming back to Marvel and he's taking over the X titles. Ooh, and, wow. And, yeah, and, and he's rebooting it. And uh, because, again, we do that in comics. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, doing a bunch of number ones, but Jonathan Hickman had some great runs uh, in, in Marvel on Avengers and on Fantastic Four already. So
1: he did the... Wil- he he did the Secret Wars kind of reboot a couple years ago, right? Exactly. That exactly. one was fantastic. I loved that one. Absolutely. So people
4: people are pretty excited to uh, have him back in the Marvel fold and to take on, quite honestly, a set of titles that have been suffering the last few years. So um, reinvigorate so them a little bit. That is awesome. Yeah. Exactly. So uh so that's uh something good. DC's got a couple coming up. Uh they've got uh the uh the year of the villain where basically Lex Luthor is going out and trying to recruit mm-hmm. Villains. And uh, so. uh, So I I have a feeling that that's going to escalate over the year.
1: (laughs) You Um, think so? I mean, it's called the Year of the Villain. Lex Luthor's pretty much one of the biggest bad guys in DC history, and he's recruiting more bad guys, and you think maybe it'll get a little bit worse? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Just a bit. (laughs) Just a little Uh, bit. I
4: love that. Yeah, and uh, also from DC, Brian Michael Bendis is doing the Leviathan Rises. This is a new super secret organization in the DC universe. Uh, I actually saw that it's actually uh, a sneak peek for Supergirl next season Ooh. on TV has Leviathan in it. So it looks like this could be the next new super secret organization um, to mess with.
1: <laughs> with, Everyone, with, oh, yeah, with with all of the good guys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much, Scott. Again, Scott at Comics Dungeon. You can find more information about the brick-and-mortar shop or so much more at comicsdungeon.com or the charitable site at c4c3.org. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Rob. BJ. Yes. You've got comic books that you've been reading as well. I've got
3: comics. <laughs> uh yeah, uh, so far I've gotten through issue twenty one of Spider Man, which of course is the
1: hunted storyline part oh, yeah. five.
3: So it's still going on
1: with Kraven the Hunter? Oh yeah. And his little uh, his little boy and all yeah, this weirdness. I know,
3: and he's got for some reason he doesn't want Spider Man to
1: die. It looked like Spider Man was gonna die, and just at the last minute Kraven says, No, you're not gonna die yet. Well, I mean, it's his title of his comic book. It's going to be weird if Spider Man dies. Well, yeah, but I mean, why not? We we, we already had
3: Doc Ock like, be in charge of the book for a while. And yeah, so how why, did that work out for the fandom? How about Spider Man the Hunter? Let's show you how that goes.
1: Why not? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that'll why be great. Not?
3: People will love that. Um, yeah, so of course, uh, yeah. So that that whole storyline where Craven has basically kidnapped all of the animal based supervillains, the ones that have animals in their name. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also taken a lot of these uh, jerky hunters that go to Africa and hunt those
1: wild animals illegally. But we and, figured uh, out that they're doing it basically so they'll get wrecked by the yeah. supervillains. so
3: Craven is definitely getting you know <laughs> he's, he's, he's definitely and there's a message in there somewhere I suppose about how you shouldn't misuse and mistreat animals sure uh, and that's going on so yeah Spidey's getting his ass kicked as usual and the vulture uh, has turned the tides to some degree and so I it's gonna be interesting to see just if in fact uh, the vulture can somehow uh, either a help spider-man or B maybe Craven will help spider-man beat the vulture in the gang I this is a weird thing where spider-man is like everybody's fighting everybody and I I'm the only good guy here about to die.
1: Is uh, Vulture still a crusty old dude? Oh yeah, he's very crusty. He's okay. very old. Yeah. Okay, he's definitely a senior
3: citizen. Not <laughs> he, he's he's not as strapping as Michael Keaton made him out to be in the uh, movie. He
1: was older in that movie, but also it wasn't the old like hunched over, bald headed. I mean, yeah. looking no, he like wasn't. a vulture guy. Yeah,
3: he looked like somebody's dad. Uh, but the Vulture we know doesn't have any kids as far as I know yeah. uh, he's always been on his own so they, they definitely took poetic license with the, the Michael <laughs> Keaton <laughs> version yeah. which I don't have a problem with but yeah, yeah he's, he was nothing really that I remember that was very much like the Vulture at all so that, yeah that's uh, it's been a good series Nick Spencer your writer and we had uh, uh, we had uh, Gerardo Sandoval who I don't know a lot about his art uh, I haven't seen much of his stuff I don't think but I really liked his version of uh, his, his drawing of Spider-Man and the whole gang that was kind of fun to watch and, and it's,
1: it's, it's good to have a an artist that it doesn't take away from that sort of thing, too, because I've had it where I've been on a series and I've been reading a series, and then it's an all-new artist, and I'm like, something feels off about this. Yeah. And so when you're able to keep it so it's uh, still engaging, that's a that's a bonus.
3: And an inker can do the same thing. If, mm, if, if yeah. a regular artist gets a new inker, I remember that with some of John Byrne's work, and Joe Sinnott, uh, he used to be a gr- ... I love this guy. He was a signature fantastic for our inker. Mm-hmm. And you could tell the difference when he wasn't inking anybody's work as opposed to when he was he just had this design. It really is amazing how much an inker can really affect an artist's look uh, if they don't ink their own pencil drawings. Uh, another thing I want to tell you about, uh, and again, a listener turned me on to this uh, Jeff Lemire and Dustin Wynn's, uh Descender, which ended uh, a few months back, uh, but it ended with saying, hey, you know, the robots basically destroyed everything. The Descenders, if you will, all these machine folks basically came in and just said, you know what? you carbon-based a-holes that created us and enslaved us. (laughs) You're back. We're wiping you all out. (laughs) Um, And so the world is pretty much decimated except uh, for the fact that at the end of the Descender run, which did end, it showed basically that there was going to follow a new uh, hero, if you will, instead of Tim 21, who was the robotic little boy hero, we have a human little woman, a little girl hero uh, who was the daughter of uh, Tim's brother, and Tim's brother actually was a real human being, and Tim was Tim oh, was a robot that was basically <laughs> to be like a little brother companion for. Oh, okay. Uh, well, uh, so it, basically that dude grows up and has a daughter, and that is basically the new world of Ascender. So we have Descender, ah. which was about basically the Descenders coming around and basically going you know, goodbye humanity, uh, and now Ascender where they're living very like almost like they're back to tribal times. It has wow,
1: a, okay, yeah.
3: This this village has a very Native American feel to it and. That time of when Native Americans were hanging out on our planet before Mm -hmm. England came over and said, "Hey, guess what? what We're (laughs) going to
1: ruin everything."
3: Yeah, uh, it's got that vibe. There's a big bad gal named Mother who seems to be really like a big a hole that everybody's afraid of. Yeah, all the rest of the humans. But uh, all of a sudden, there's this little girl who seems to be cooler than most, and so uh, she might be the heroine's journey that we get to follow. Uh, First issue came out. Really, really liked it, and uh, it's kind of interesting. To have like a whole story be part of the arc, even though it's a completely different set of characters.
1: Yeah. And it, I mean, it's kind of fun to see that because you saw the downfall of humanity, and I'm going to assume at this point this will be the rise. I mean, descender, ascender sort of thing. It kind of gives away, gives it's, it away in the title a little bit. I feel bit, like you're so. right. It,
3: it better ascend. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so this vampire witch known as Mother is the problem. And, That's cool. Uh, so, Andy and Effie's daughter, we got to figure out. Uh, Mila. Is the name of the little girl, and um, I'm I'm happy. I love uh, I love Dustin's art, and uh, Jeff is uh, he's just such a great writer. And so, Ascender, check it out. It's on Image Comics, and uh, if you didn't know, I didn't know. I'm luckily, thank gosh that I get advertisements telling me, "Hey, Ascender's <laughs> now out," because I've been waiting for it.
1: I know you've yeah. been talking about it before and uh, eagerly anticipating it. So, issue one is on the stands as we speak. Nice. Um, moving on from that, but stick around, BJ, because Why? we want some board game reviews. Board
3: games. All so, right, fine. I mean. I mean,
1: that's like one of the biggest, uh, the most... Th- often things you do, I think, is play board games at this point. We did talk about you do watch a lot of television as well, but, I mean, that's been in the decline. It's the summer season, which means we're not getting a whole lot of stuff, which means more time for board games. Stuff will be coming at some point. Oh, I gotta yeah, be yeah, thinking yeah. It's gotta be stuff coming. Stuff will be coming. Um,
3: but, you know, uh, if you follow on Tuesdays, uh, BJ Shea's Board Game Alliance comes out, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm
1: on that. Yeah. yeah, you
3: are. Hey, Vicky is on that, and they'll talk <laughs> about one of the things that uh, I know my buddy Josh from the Omega Gamers likes to talk about. He likes to talk about like, okay, Kickstarters. Here's when it was kicked mm-hmm. here's when they launched it and then here's when it was fulfilled because that is sometimes the toughest thing in the world of us board gamers is we go all right this is a great idea I would love to buy your game and I will back it and then you know it's like a year the waiting game. two
1: years three years i mean look there's i literally just got yeah. a kickstarter re- reward from seven years ago.
2: Oh God! I, yeah. I
3: I messaged a guy, and I'm I'm gonna have to talk to Sean because Sean knows this guy. I am overly frustrated with one particular Kickstarter uh, project that hasn't been backed. I messaged the guy directly, who I had a, a oh, bit hasn't of a been relationship. Yeah, 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 hasn't yeah, yeah. been right. Hasn't been fulfilled. Um, I've heard rumors, hints, allegations, and things left unsaid. Thank you, Collective Soul. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> I would like to hear from the guy himself. It's oh, like you've yeah. got you've got my money and I promoted your product on our show. Uh, at some point, I'm just going to start saying some things that I don't like about this product if, if nothing is said. But I'm going to ask Sean first because I hear all sorts of excuses. But the idea behind what I'm saying is is that Josh has said, hey, let's talk about games that have a quick turnaround and, and let's see what the turnaround is. One of them is a, a locally created game called Mephisto, which is a card game. Uh,
2: Mephisto or is know,
3: Mephisto? Mephisto, Mephisto, however you want to say it. I like to say Mephisto because you know. Mephisto! But it is probably Mephisto. Yeah.
2: I do like the song March Mephisto, though. It's from Camelot. Yeah, so it Metal. is.
3: And it's a, it's about Mephistopheles. <laughs> Mephistopheles? Yeah, Mephistopheles. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. So Bless you. Mephisto <laughs> is this card game that was uh, put out by, let me see if I can get the guy's name that did it. That would be nice as I'm looking here. Dylan uh, Mangini. And uh, Dylan Mangini is from the Seattle area. And I have to say, it's his first game, as far as I know. He puts it on Kickstarter. It's a simple card game. By that, I mean all it is is cards. And yet, it is a pretty extensive dungeon crawl that has the sophistication Mm. of a game that you would have a lot more components in. So to think that you can pull this card game out of your game bag and go, guys, we're going to play this, and it can play up to four players, and you are really actually doing a lot of different mechanical things in order to get your goal accomplished in a card game is pretty brilliant. I, I, it, it is, and, and it took him, I don't know, maybe six to eight months at the most to basically from when he kicked it to
1: now it's in my hands. That's but, a good thing, and I think maybe just the fact that it was a card game makes it a lot easier when you're not having to wait on uh, plastic pieces and stuff like that. Yeah, this is this is a Four really more,
3: yeah. really good game. You know, I'm on BGG, and it says there's card drafting, there's hand management, there's set collection. Uh, it's interesting. I'm not sure that I agree with all of that. Really? Yeah, um, because the game is the game is relatively simple. You are working for the devil, me, you know, Mephistopheles, or him too, Mephistopheles. Mephist- yeah, that guy. <laughs> Why, all of sudden, why am I like Vicky? This is my first language and I can't do it. Yep. At least Vicky has an excuse. I'm entertained by this. I'm really entertained Learned by this. Learn a
2: different this. language too.
3: Yeah, so uh, you're working for Mephistopheles. You're trying to there get you him. You're trying to be his head dude. All which right. basically all yeah, right. so he says, all right, well, there's up to one to four of you that want to be the head dude with me. Well, hell
1: needs middle managers. Yeah, they do. And so <laughs> it's like, well, look,
3: there's a bunch of really rotten monster creatures here in my underworld. You need to collect their souls. And the first one that can collect the amount of souls that Mephi wants, <laughs> uh, what Mephi wants, Mephi gets. Yeah, And so, there are item cards in this game, there are weapons cards in this game, there are monsters in this game, there are spells in this game. Uh, there's a clever way that you basically can use these cards where they will have an expiration or a durability, as he likes to call it, so I can put my weapon in play. I'll get to use it X amount of times before all of a sudden it's gone. Wow, okay, um, okay. I, I like that mechanic, and uh, boy, it's it, the way it's set up, it's pretty cool where, I, you know, I, I don't have access to the same monsters to, in, in my lanes that my other guys do. Um, I can only use so many weapons and items in a particular lane, and, y- you know, you you just put out the cards, you deal out the cards in a grid, deal out a couple of cards to everybody, and then you're off to the races, and you have to decide whether or not you want to draw a card, whether you want to take a card from the dungeon, if you will, or if you want to add a summon a creature to the dungeon that later can be killed by you or maybe one of your opponents, oh. uh, but you get you, you actually get what they call favor which allows you to get more strength in killing monsters so you have a lot of things you can do on your turn that makes this a really complex game again though all in a deck of cards
1: That's the cool part because at that point, also, you're adding in a travel ability to that. Which means you can take it with you and it's really simple. Like, you can put it in your bag and it's just one of those quick and easy games. Now, well, here's the question Is it a quick and easy game? I I will tell you. It's
3: portable, but. If you play with our buddy Al or you play with our buddy Byron, and you know what, I call them up because they're our AP players. Okay. You know, even though it's, you know, there are other turns that go. Now, granted, Al wins a lot, so I can't really fault him for being an AP player because he's analyzing the the best way he can go about winning the game. Mm -hmm. Me, I don't like to think
1: that deeply because it's not a negotiation game, so I can't talk my way to victory. And that's, I mean, literally with you, if it's a negotiation-type game, it's not that you're going to spend – 10 20 minutes deciding what you're gonna do you're spending 10 20 minutes talking to people to read them and try to negotiate with them yes. which isn't la- that what you're looking for in this
3: yeah this one here you know you're just basically you know we're we're, we're basically trying to get more creatures killed so that we collect their souls before our opponents do and um, it, it it actually takes longer than you'd expect for a okay, card. You know, okay okay it, it's it could be I would imagine an hour uh, I think the box says it's like 40 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, this says 20 to 40 minutes. Okay, we just must be really slow. Um, <laughs> granted, for a lot of us, it was our first time playing the game. Yeah. For me, it was my second or third time. So uh, that sounds about right. But it's really, you know, you feel like you're going through a dungeon. You're getting to collect some items. You're getting to cast some spells. That's fun. I mean, it really is. And it's, 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 it's like, hey, guys, let's play this. It's quick and easy to learn to understand. The artwork is really pretty. One thing Josh loves about the game is like, dude, I love the artwork on this game. It's unique and something you haven't seen. With really bright colors and very unique artwork, um, and Dylan Mangini self-published this game.
1: That is really cool. So, and I, it's fun to see a lot of the, yeah. the. I mean, the Pacific Northwest and around here, especially with stuff like Playtest Northwest and a lot of those groups. There's a lot of indie game makers, and some people so indie it's literally them doing it. And it's fun to be able to highlight the games that are out there that have that. Yeah, this
3: is, uh, I think this is one where, you know, sometimes you look for that game that's a good dungeon crawl, but really quick. Mm -hmm. I think this is the game. Nice. Um, I think this should be in everybody's collection as a quick pullout. Wow, fun, yeah. And and, and you'll feel like you're doing a little bit of a dungeon crawl in a card game, which I, you know, and if you like competition, which I do, I'm a a competitive guy. I don't like cooperative games. I really don't. I'll play them, (laughs) but I don't like them. I'm I'm pandemiced out. I really am. Uh, and that's just me, but, you know, because I've done enough D&D in my life that I don't want to be part of some party. I want to be my own, you know, I'm the, you know, Cutthroat cutthroat Caverns kind of guy. It's like, yeah, yeah we're are... sort of in the same party, but I really want to beat you all. Uh, and, and so Mephisto, check it out. Um, and I'm hoping game stores will carry this because I yeah. think it's, it's it's you know, it's like our buddy, you know, who did Dice of Crowns, Think 12 and Sean. Mm-hmm. Those games are great, you know, because you can pull them out and play them and boom, they're so portable. Mephisto fits that particular realm and gives you a pretty deep game for a pretty small package. Awesome. Thank you so
1: much. And now, it is time for... The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky!
2: Hey, Vicky! What's going on? Uh, it's comic book day has you know Wednesdays just comic national book? and international comic book Woo! day it's true yeah, comic book day I like it whoa so while hanging out on uh, the total nerd uh, section of ranker.com yes. I found the most shameless Marvel and DC counterpart parts and analogs basically oh. all of the ones that were ripped off from each other I know a
1: couple of them uh dark side and Thanos yep, yep. like that's like a big major one so who came first I believe Dark side I think a uh, lot of these were yep. dark- DC first. That's what. Yes. Th- that's bad. I thought
3: Thanos would actually be the only one where it was the other way around because <laughs> most of them, yeah, I, yeah, DC was around.
2: Dark Side came out in February of 1971, while Thanos first appeared in February of 1973. So oh, two years later. A bit later Marvel, yeah. So, yeah.
3: Snatch and improve was that? Make mine Marvel, baby. They've All been. Right. Do, they did that a lot.
2: Uh, one big one: Catwoman and Black Cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with uh, Catwoman being 1940, yes. and then Black Cat years later at 1979.
3: I mean, is that you almost want to say is that an homage? I mean, granted she had lucky powers, but she's also a thief, and that's what irritates Quote, me. "Quote unquote
1: homage."
3: Yeah, I mean, it's like
0: <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't <laughs>
3: mind it if she just had the lucky powers, but the fact that she stole stuff is like, well, geez, and they're that's both cats totally cats Selena and... Kyle. Come on.
2: Yep. Uh, Well, actually, I thought this one was a, oh yes, this is a Marvel came first. Really? Uh, Aquaman and Namor. Namor came out in 1939, and Aquaman's first wow. appearance was in 1941.
3: Yeah, I forget that. I forget that Captain America, Prince Namor, and even the original Human Torch were all old school.
2: Oh yeah, and it's like ordinary, yeah,
1: yeah, like the Human Torch was something else, like entirely. Wasn't it even, like an android that caught fire or something like so. that? Yeah. It was some sort of weird thing, and now it's the Johnny Storm we know and love. Yeah, because you know it was yeah. a whole different Human Torch character. Yeah. One of them that I, I I know it's on the list, and it's just because I recently saw this, and I don't know anything about the character but there was a Dr. Strange counterpart that came first named Dr. Fate. Yes. Yeah, good old Dr. And Fate. He, and he had a really cool helmet. That's yeah, why yeah, I yeah. Liked like it. Like a
2: full face helmet. Yeah, yeah. The and he came before sweet.
3: Strange. He was he was. He yeah,
2: 1940 him. while Dr. Strange uh, came out in 1963.
3: Yeah. That's not good.
2: So <laughs> sorcerers, doctors who wield powerful amulets to fight the evildoers of magic worlds. But Dr. Strange was hipper. You know, okay,
3: he. he was like totally 1970s. Well, man. and it
1: helps with the art too, like yeah. that mm-hmm. trippy 60s art that was happening with yeah. that. And then, I mean, they did it perfectly with the movie as well. Yeah. Uh,
2: another situation where uh, DC was first Elongating Man and Mr. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh. Also, Plastic Man yeah. was also, yeah.
3: uh, uh, but you're right. Mm. Yeah. Uh, which we've seen. Harold Elongating Harald, Man. Harold Dibney has been kind of that guy, uh, or uh, Ralph Dibney, excuse me, on The New Flash. We've really? got Elongated Man, yeah.
2: All right. Next up, we already did Doctor uh, Fate and Doctor Strange because you yep. called it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deadshot and Bullseye. Interesting. Who do you think came first?
1: I would think Deadshot.
2: You are correct.
1: Yeah. Uh, Blam. DC is just like. Yeah. There's a lot so of so mad like at that. Marvel. Well, and it's one of these one that's is kind of funny because it's not a direct rip off. Uh, moving on from that one, but it is um, Deadpool and Deadshot mm-hmm. because Deadshot's name is Slade Wilson. Yeah. And Deadpool's name is Wade Wilson. And that's yeah. supposed to be
2: the the, the was, whole joke. Yeah, He's yeah. supposed to be a parody character, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, Deadshot came out in 1950, while Bullseye's first appearance was in uh, 1976.
1: Ooh, that was a bit later on that one. Oh, then. yeah, just a bit. Well, it's like those things. I mean, there's there's only so many powers you can have. Having like pinpoint accuracy really isn't that, like, big Nowadays. of a thing, you
2: know? I yeah. mean. We have another win for Marvel, though. Okay. what's that? Yeah. Thunderbolt and Suicide Squad. So a team of villains disguised as heroes with a flexible sense of right or wrong, both walking the line between good and evil on a case-by-case basis. Interesting. Thunderbolt's first appearance was in 1997. Oh, I lied. Suicide Squad <laughs> was 1959. I thought Suicide, I, I, suicide yes. Squad, I got confused with the new 52. Yeah. Oh. That's why I got that confused. Okay, okay,
1: okay. Because I
3: never even heard of Thunderbolt. <laughs> yep. So <laughs> oh, that makes sense.
1: <laughs> I like to be he's like,
2: oh, look at that! Wait, nether- oh, okay, one. No, no, okay, right. I lied. This one's the one. <laughs> okay. Lobo and Wolverine. Oh, yeah. Wolverine, 1974. Lobo, 1983.
1: Which is kind of funny because at this point, uh, after like the 90s, I would have even kind of considered Lobo maybe essentially like a Deadpool type character Mm -hmm. because he was the one, the ridiculous one, like with all the super amazing, ridiculous powers. But Mm -hmm. again, along the same lines as like Wolverine, he was in a lot of stuff just because of his name. Yeah. And I mean, that was all the I love like
2: because they have a list of like similarities. Short, hairy, foul mouth, fan favorite characters with a tendency to skewer with a hooker. Claws and mm-hmm. chomp on cigars. Yep. Yeah,
3: I mean, really, of course. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and, this, and this next one is very is like the, the closest in time. Okay, uh, Zatanna and Scarlet Witch. So, Zatanna first appeared in October of 1964, while Scarlet Witch appeared in uh, the March of 1964. So, Scarlet Witch beat it out. Oh. Just by a few months. Oh, okay. And it's just
1: kind of magicians, it's same sort powerful of idea. It's
2: leotard clad magicians with yeah. powerful fathers and who are both associated with a team of sewer powered individuals. All right. Uh, how about Sullivan Grundy and the Hulk? Who came first?
1: I would have to say Solomon Grundy because it's more along the lines... I mean, it's an old Batman villain. Had mm-hmm. to be, yeah. Yeah.
2: 1944, and Hulk was uh, 1962.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there's enough of a difference on those. Like, Solomon Grundy is essentially like a zombie. Yeah. And Hulk is not... So, I mean, it's
2: anti-heroes I, with super strength, healing factor and vo- virtually indestructible.
1: Yeah. That
3: that's the problem is that except that you know, well, we,
2: Hulk was originally great too. We got to keep that in mind. That's a good point.
1: Yeah. People do forget about that. And, I just and, did.
3: And and Hulk is much stronger than Solomon Grundy because Solomon Grundy's, you know, Batman can't Batman can't fight the Hulk. No. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he can't. <laughs> well, try. I mean, I mean
1: Marvel and DC, of course he can't fight yeah. the Hulk. Yeah.
2: Speaking of Batman, <laughs> Well, I mean they did do the crossover. You're right. I actually
1: you're had right, that you're issue. right. You're right. Uh, oh, yeah.
2: Batman and Iron Man.
1: Oh, yeah. Those guys are, I mean, rich playboys with uh, indis- like, a ton of money. Who came first? Uh, oh. Oh, it was totally Batman. Right? Yeah, because Iron Man was like the 60s, so I'm going to have to say Batman. No, no
2: yeah I'm just, no, gonna I'm just okay. Batman's
3: I'm, like yeah Batman's yeah, yeah, like I'm just gonna go Batman.
2: Batman. Uh, see so yeah, I was trying to throw you guys off yeah. Know, <laughs> totally
1: yeah you're Batman. making me think it's like, like <laughs> she's just staring yeah. at me and I'm like wait was it not I'm pretty sure Batman's it's Batman Batman's first appearance
2: was in 1939 while Iron Man uh, first came out in 1963
3: even yeah and they're very different with what they do and how they looks. be but the one that's really interesting is Moon Knight
1: Moon Knight I always felt was like a ripoff of like the, the it was like the reverse Batman yeah 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 from Marvel there's some funny Means memes out there with uh, Moon Knight. It's
2: yeah. like Dracula, you big nerd. Where's my money? Yep. <laughs> the only reason I know that is because it's a D and D meme. It's like when you're the, mm-hmm. the DM and you come out with this amazing story and plan and everything, and then your players come in like.
1: Players will ruin everything yeah. in D and D. Just so you know, yeah.
3: I hate to say, I think I, I think Adam was around before Ant Man. Yeah, and we've seen the Adam in DC's oh, Legends of Tomorrow. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I I think so. I mean I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure the Is Adam it? was around before. Probably. And that's another one that, you know, you gotta go, okay, guy can shrink and you be a microscopic <laughs> and then there's Ant Man who can do the same thing. So um, I'm checking. I feel like that's the case. I uh, mean, it just la, 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 la. yeah. When the Adam came out, I I'm, imagine I could be wrong. I'd uh, be great if I was see. wrong. See, Ant
2: Man came out uh, first. Came out in 1979, and Adam oh. came out in 61. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Bit yeah. of a bit of a link right there on that 1979 one. 1979 for
2: Ant Man. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what it says. The first appearance. Might well, be... The, I'm wondering if it's the first appearance ooh. of Scott Lang. Oh, that's Scott Lang's. I don't know if oh, yeah, it was a Henry Pym. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: I think he was in the original X-Men. For uh, if I'm not mistaken, or was in the original oh, event. Like, he was the original Avengers. Yeah. That's what it yeah, was. Yeah. I mean, he might have been Giant Man at the time. Yeah,
1: well, I think he started as Ant-Man and then became Giant Man because, oh, yeah. I don't know. I think you're right. Well, like, I mean, if we I mean there was Goliath and uh, there's just, there's so many. So many guys. So many characters. Uh, he
2: first appeared, the character first appeal, p- appealed uh, in Tales to Astonish, number 27, which came out in January 1962.
1: There we go. No. Still so, Adam was before then, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, he was. Oh, dang it. 61 mar-
2: by one year. By
3: just
1: a year, though. But, I mean, still kind of the same characters, so. It just
3: goes to show you, I mean, Marvel basically did take
1: a lot of characters that DC had, but made them better. And it was one of those things where you would have all of those amazing characters on the DC side, but you had flawed characters with Marvel.
2: Uh, Side note, it was only a couple months, uh, because Adam was only, like... It was, yeah, it was four months.
1: Okay. So it well, wasn't that bad right at yeah. the same time. Yeah, see? Those quick turnarounds, though. Yeah. Yeah. Just in
2: case you're wondering, the last one, it's Black Lightning, Electro.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. Electro was first. Oh, really? Yeah, 64? So, so there's
1: one. <laughs> one or two that were Yay. Marvel first. Finally,
3: Marvel has one. And don't forget Spidey Man. Nobody beat, I mean, he was, he was unique. And until yeah. next
2: time, guys, stay nerdy.